yeah, starting a podcast is always the the, the strangest part. But uh, we'll we'll just start right now. This is it. Um, this it is. is welcome to just let go. Uh, my name is Anthony Pelekia, and I am joined today by... Hi, I'm Dan Evans. I am a co-host of the Between Two Gardens podcast, and I have been wanting to be a guest on one of the podcasts in the Pelekia <laughs> podcast network, Pelekia podcast universe, I should say, since uh, Emergency Pod Snack started, I believe, like a year ago. So I'm very excited to be here. But when you reached out to me... Um, and you you had this topic that you wanted to talk about. Um, I thought that that was absolutely perfect because I have some real strong feelings about it. I have some some sort of suggestions that I think could help you and potentially other listeners um, to sort of rectify the problem that you are having. And so, what's the problem? What what did you what did you reach out to me for? What is it that you were trying to minimize or you're trying to build some more intentionality? Okay, so. When I heard this new podcast idea that you had and you were looking for guests to come on, I started thinking about, because I'm not a person who is generally too bogged down by my stuff, but I started mm-hmm. thinking about if there was those one or two things that maybe are holding me back from living a more detached, a little more free-flowing life. And one that came to me almost immediately, and I texted you almost immediately when I had that idea, and I, it's why... It's what brought me to this chair and this microphone here today is I have a very interesting and differing relationship with my clothes. And I think a lot Mm. of people, especially around our age, do as well. Um, So I I think the best way I can describe it is I view all the clothes in my closet differently when I look at them from a macro versus a micro scale. Mm-hmm. So macro, I look at my closet and I say that I could definitely stand to get rid of some of these clothes or donate them or just get them out of my apartment in, in one way or another. And then on a micro scale, I start looking at it piece by piece because, you know, looking at a closet and saying it's too full is one thing. But when you actually go through one by one and say who is going to end up leaving to make room for this new life that I'm trying to build for myself. It's a whole different ballgame. And I've tried different approaches. One of the the biggest, I think, most popular methods for keeping a concise, tidy closet is if you haven't worn it in over a year, toss it or donate it, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense, right? If, if you've made it through a year without wearing it, that means you've gone through Every temperature it's going to be in a typical year where you live. Every holiday, every occasion, basically, where you're going to have to put on different types of clothing. And that's a pretty steadfast and good rule. But then when I do pick out those pieces in my closet that do fit into that category, I start to think about the shirt that I haven't worn in over a year, but the time I wore it a year and a half ago, it was so perfect for the occasion that I can't really convince myself to donate it. I see mm-hmm. like I see in my mind's eye where that shirt would fit in in 
the parameters of my life. And even though it's been over a year and I've been through a lot of similar occasions that would call for it and a lot of weather types that would call for it, it's, it still hasn't made it onto my back. But I, it's still hard to get rid of for that reason that I can see exactly where it would fit in. So basically, mm-hmm. my problem that I'm coming to you, minimalist Dr. Phil, for is I, I look at my closet as a grand scale, and I, I think it's a little bit too cramped. Like, I, sure. I don't have a whole lot of room for new stuff when I bring it in. But going through piece by piece, I think I need a little bit of guidance as to what should stay and what should go. So that's that's pretty Definitely. much what, what, what brought me here today. Well... Um, I, I love the minimalist Dr. Phil. I love that. I'm going to get that tattooed on my knuckles as well. Um, it's a lot of letters for your knuckles. A lot of letters. Luckily, um, eh, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll double space. But so you also have, because correct me if I'm wrong, you probably have a lot of band t-shirts. Do you, you have a lot amount. of band t-shirts? Yes. You've got, I, I, you strike me as a type, and I think I just remember this from working with you for, for a year or two. You just you like a lot of like rock music. You go to a lot of concerts, yes? Yes, I'm a big, big music guy. I always have been. Um, I've actually, band shirts, I do hold on to quite a few for nostalgia purposes, especially concert tees for particularly mm-hmm. good, good concerts. But I have managed to get rid of most of like my high school Banties, so it, okay. it's not a terribly prominent thing in my closet anymore like i definitely have a lot of music tees i mean i'm wearing one right now yep. this is from one of my favorite record stores in san francisco which is mm, i'm happy i mentioned that there's another subcategory of especially t-shirts that i run into which are shirts that are attached to a location or a memory that i mm-hmm. value and even though i might not value the piece of clothing as much anymore Throwing it away kind of seems like, you know, maybe dishonoring or like throwing away that memory a little bit um, or my connection to that place, which is another subcategory of of my clothing. But to to get back to your original question, yeah, music tees are they definitely have been more prominent over different eras of my life. I'm doing okay now, but there there are definitely still quite a few in my closet. Can you can you can you estimate the amount of like well because then you also have probably a lot of sports clothing. Your podcast Between Two Gardens is about sports, yes. um, and so you probably also have a lot of. Although I never saw you wear a jersey, um, you probably have a lot of jerseys. Probably have a lot of like sports T-shirts and things. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Is there another? hobby of yours that you that you have then collected more clothing for is it just music and sports so let's see music sports i do have and then geographic memories right geographic memories there's another kind of subcategory of sports which is not just for my teams but it's for the sports that i actually play so i have i have my gym clothes i have my hockey clothes and stuff that i i generally go out and get sweaty in but that that's another sure. subcategory of the, of the sportswear, I guess. That's a tricky question, there, Dan. You really you really got me. Um, <laughs> but so, what I'll ask is: Do you can you can you estimate at all? Um, how long have you been in your current apartment? I have been in my current apartment for one and one and a half years. 
one and a half years. So when you moved one and a half years ago, <laughs> did you sort of have to rectify what you were moving into the apartment? Do you still have stuff at your home, like your family home, or I still like have a whole other closet going? I still have some clothes at my family home, uh, but the thing, one of the biggest problems with this apartment was that this move, I was going from a share house that I had with a couple other guys to my own place. So nice. I, I got more space, so I didn't have to throw out much more. So I probably have more stuff now than when I moved, unfortunately. So like more than a closet's worth? So you had a closet here, you got maybe a couple boxes of teas, something in the drawers. So I have I don't have a dresser currently, but I have um, two shelves of T-shirts, like small, like mm-hmm. maybe 12, 18-inch long shelves. And then I have two smaller closets throughout my apartment. They're, they're not too big. And then one is for jerseys and dress shirts and flannels. And then the other one's for outerwear. So okay. it's, it's not huge, but it's, it's a decent amount of clothes for sure. Interesting. Because, and, and I, I mean absolutely no offense to this. No, I, <laughs> and th- I, saying I that, came here to get roasted. So I, I really, I need no. this. It's interesting that this is your topic of, of choice, and I'll have you on as many times as you want. If you ever need to talk about things you want to minimize, um, you, you don't strike me as because, like, when I stri- when I'm thinking of someone who has too much clothes, too many closings, someone needs to sort of create some intentionality. I'm picturing, you know, like a fashionista, yeah. like a, like a like a female individual who has just closets and closets of clothes, but then always, you know, laments that she doesn't have anything to wear. Um, and so it's, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of your differing perspective, because I think that would probably relate to a little bit more of my listeners and just the general population. Um, and so what I would say is, you, if these things are, are bringing you joy, if, if these clothing items are something that you have fond memories of, or you're like, you have it for that specific memory, and you can foresee it will come down the line eventually again. Like you say, a year and a half, it may come back in another year and a half. Um, you know, that that sort of year-long litmus test, that's a that's a good baseline to start at and sort of take some, some mental energy and just be like, okay, I haven't worn this in a year. Do I think I will wear it another year? And sort of think about that and, and start the conversation there to sort of just create a, a base level of what you might think about minimizing what you might think about getting rid of. Um, my relationship with clothing um, is is a little bit different. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, music uh, t-shirts or, or souvenir tees, um, but I, I, I lost a lot of weight. Um, but what I found is when I had lost all that weight, there was a lot of stuff in my closet that I had purchased that didn't fit when I purchased it. And so realistically, it should have been returned immediately. But I said, no, that that jacket, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that jacket. That's gonna be a motivation to lose the weight. And ultimately, mm. even though I had a closet full of clothes that did not fit, that I didn't look good in, that I didn't feel good in, that I didn't like, that wasn't motivating me to lose the weight. That was that was making me miserable. I moved with it six times from from house to condo to apartment to apartment to apartment. Um, and six times I would take it out of the vacuum bag, wash it, hang it up. It would collect dust for a couple months. I'd wash it again, put it back in the vacuum bag, move with it. And it's clothes are fucking heavy, man. I don't know if you've lifted up your entire wardrobe recently. Yeah. I have every couple months. It's awful. Um, Very proud of you for but, uh, openly mentioning the condo again. Uh, I, I know condo. that was in we don't speak of it territory for a little while. So I'm glad you've I'm glad you've moved into a 
you you see it as part of your journey now. I'm proud of you for that. It and that minimalism is a journey. You know, it's all it's all it all builds to sort of what is a sustainable lifestyle. And so there's a couple of things for for you that I think it's not a problem for you, I think, to have these clothes if you are not if you're not weighed down by it. You said you're not weighed down by a lot of your material things. But so for me, I lost a hundred pounds and now all of those jackets, for me it was jackets. I actually have them hanging up right behind me, but again, I don't use video, so it really doesn't matter. And you can't see it because I'm on this stupid iPad. But they are now my favorite jackets. They, they look good. I feel good in them. I get compliments on them, and I didn't have to buy them. I've, I've, I've carried them with me for all these years. But if I could go back and do it again, I would have returned them and got that money back because having them in the closet, having them sort of collect that dust, that mental weight was way more than it's worth now just to have a nice jacket or, or mm-hmm. four jackets, I think, is what I have. Um, so I would start with what fits, what doesn't fit. And, and what do you think, so not is the perfect moment coming for it again, but if the moment were tomorrow, could I wear this t-shirt? And if, okay. if it's like, I'd have to lose 20 pounds or I'd have to be a foot shorter because this is a t-shirt from like middle school <laughs> yep. or high school, then immediately just, you know, you had the memories, but you have the memories, not the t-shirts, the, not the t-shirts, the, those jerseys, those things that you could not foresee wearing again. Those aren't the memories. And so I actually just recently got rid of all my Suffolk t-shirts. Okay. Um, I worked at Suffolk, Suffolk University for four years. Um, I was a student there for seven years. So you could imagine I collected quite a few collegiate t-shirts mm-hmm. um, and I got rid of them all. And, and some people might use those and, you know, create a quilt. Um, but I, I, I still am a big guy. I still have plenty of insulation. I don't use a whole lot of blankets. <laughs> and, uh, I hope that doesn't surprise you. Uh, so I didn't need a quilt because um, that's sort of just turning clutter into a different type of clutter. Sure. Um, so I, I took all the t-shirts. I laid them out on my bed so that I could see sort of what the, the logos were because a lot of them were like event t-shirts and stuff. And I took a picture of all of the t-shirts. I turned it into an NFT. I sold it for $85,000 and now I'm, <laughs> I'm riding high, my man. No, I uh, I took a photo so I could remember the t-shirts. Um, but also I have a lot of, of photos of myself in those t-shirts. And so that's sort of, you know, a, a reminder of the memory. But then I just donated them. And I took tremendous... Um, happiness and, and bringing them down to the Goodwill and, and being like, okay, someone else will be able to wear a t-shirt. Um, they, they probably won't have any connection to Suffolk University. Um, and, and it's, it's, you know, they're not, they're not a college student, but they, they have a, a nice clean t-shirt that I didn't wear for four or five years, but I was just sort of just schlepping around from, from zip code to zip code for no reason. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would start there. I would start with, can I wear this? And I would get rid of all of the aspirational clothing. I wouldn't keep any Anything that you're like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Because you also really don't have a whole lot of weight to lose. You're a, you're, you're a, you're a, a thin guy. No, I've I been a skinny guy my entire life. So that has never been never been a thing for me. Um, but So then your, your clothes all probably do fit. So then that, that recommendation doesn't help you at all. So <laughs> the thing is, I think a lot of us, a lot, even those of us whose bodies don't fluctuate as much over the course of our lives i think a lot of us Mm -hmm. really do lie to ourselves as to what how much of our clothes do actually fit like even if it's not you know a dramatic decrease like you were when when you lost all your weight uh, like 
there are some shirts, and you know, like, if you're listening to this, you know which ones in your closet actually, like, form to your body in a way that you like. And you know which ones don't. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm even thinking right now, like, I can't see my clothes right now, but I can pick out, like, I think it's only, like, 10 or 12 that, like, really, like, fit my body well. So mm-hmm. I, I think fit is definitely a big factor, not only in those dramatic cases, but I think in even the more, the smaller cases like that. And can I make a guess about the story you just told about your Suffolk t-shirts? Yeah, please. I bet you've gone back and looked at those photos of you wearing the t-shirts, maybe at the events. I bet you haven't looked at that photo of the shirts one time. Here I will challenge you because I did, but only to put it in a folder in my in my MacBook, just to, to file it away under my Suffolk University memories. Okay. But yes, I did look back at the photo of me at the event where I got the T-shirt, and you know what? I was a fat fuck at that event, and I didn't look good, and I didn't feel good, and okay. so um, yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right. I I kept the, the the photo of the shirts, but but it, uh, I had fun at the event. It was a fun time. I made cotton candy for students. It was great. It was my first event at Suffolk University. It was the, um, oh God, you weren't there, but it was um, the Ramley reunion, but it was like Southwestern themed or something. And it was a cowboy hat and it was a very ugly t-shirt. Um, and I'm sure you probably have a bunch of ugly t-shirts too. Mm-hmm. Um, not all band t-shirts are, are, are cool and, and, you know, retro vintage. Um, but I, I would, and I would say that's a great place to start. Cool. Is you say you have 10, 12 shirts that you, that you really feel fit good, but also you know fit fit depends on sort of what what the shirt is. Like if you have a flannel, you want that to be a little bit baggier. You want that to be a little bit um, you know more free flowing. Yes. But I would say if the, if there's any clothing that you have that you're not comfortable in, you wouldn't be comfortable going out you know wearing that clothing. Just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I, and I wouldn't I wouldn't let those memories or or those those what ifs or just in case I wouldn't let that stuff weigh on you. And I would just say, you know, at the end of the day, it's the, the name of the podcast. Just let it go. Just say, hey, you know, because at the end of the day, you still have clothes. Right. You still have the memories. Um, but but what I've found for myself, honestly, and I did this when I was heavier. I sort of I I have tremendous affinity for like um mark zuckerberg for only one reason um the fact that he loves um sweet baby rays um smoking meats <laughs> no I, I love edit. that he i love that video <laughs> sweet baby rays um i i love that he wears just the same thing every day he puts no effort or energy into his clothing he lets himself speak for for sort of what he does uh, as a robot that's quite easy he's got a tremendous artificial intelligence uh processor <laughs> right. um but but like um there are other celebrities that do that where they just sort of – they don a uniform and that's what they do. Um, when I was at Suffolk, I found um, a particular type of button-down shirt that fit me well. Um, I felt like I looked reasonable in it. It was iron-free and so I just bought it in every single color and that is what I wore. And did I look great? For what I could, you know, I felt like I but – I, but I felt comfortable in it and so now – um, what I my relationship with clothing is I'm not I'm not trying to be a fashionista I'm not trying to be the best looking I just want to be comfortable I want to be the most comfortable version of myself who doesn't look like he just like crawled out of um, I don't know like a forest <laughs> like I just like okay. I'm reasonably put together I wear a collared shirt pretty much 100 percent of the time the reason I'm not wearing it now is because it, the microphone was picking it up um, but I, I have my uniform and I'm sort of comfortable in that uniform for you your your uniform is you know, a band t-shirt, 
a sports t-shirt, uh, a jersey, you know, jeans, what you're comfortable in, what you like to sort of display yourself as, but anything that sort of, because your, your style also changes as you, as you grow older, as you evolve, as you become a different person, your yeah. style changes. And so I would look through and you probably have, I, I don't know, you probably have some clothing that you would feel embarrassed Probably you would feel embarrassed mm-hmm. see, being seen out in public, and because maybe it was for for you know twenty year old Dan, definitely twenty six year old Dan, twenty uh, six in young. a week and a half, but twenty five for now. Wow. Yep. Enjoy it well, ask my man. Yeah. Thirty thirty sneaks up on you quick. Oh boy. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I'm already looking at health insurance plans, so it's already oh, already starting to set in. But uh, let's see. Which, which of those points do I want to address first? So I, I'm going to go back to one of the first things you said in that last segment, which is, I think the way you phrased it was a shirt that you wouldn't, that you would feel comfortable going out in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a slippery slope being that broad about it, because I feel like a lot of us have, you, you take a t-shirt that maybe you wouldn't feel good about going out in. But you might feel good about either going to bed in it or just like running to the grocery store in it. And I think that's how we justify it staying in the closet, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of tough because at the end of the day, you're making these decisions about which clothes really mean something to you and make you feel like the best version of yourself. But then even after you do that, it's really easy to justify keeping those ones that don't make you feel that way in your closet. Mm-hmm. Can you justify one of those? Can you pick pick out a piece of clothing that you're thinking about from that perspective? Why would you keep it in the closet? Either for like lazy Sundays or going to bed or going to something where I know that we there are occasions that you go to that call for you to wear clothes that you don't care about. Sure. Which is kind of a rarity. I guess it's kind of a cop out, but it's it's easy to come up with those little reasons to to keep it in there through a rainy day, yeah. I guess. But I guess I guess that's just something that I, I need to work through a little bit. Do you have any thoughts on that? So definitely, yeah. Because when I was when I was in the condo, which if you want to if you want to be regaled of my condo stories, this is for the audience because you quite you know them quite well. Oh, I've heard um, you can go to my YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel, that Anthony P. That's all my social media is that Anthony P. Um, I've got them all, um, except for like Parlor or whatever the the, the right wing um, free speech one. I didn't get one of those. I didn't want to be on a FBI watch list. Um, you told me every but, story about your condo and how much it sucks, and then everyone ended with, "You want to buy it? <laughs> you are you looking for a four hundred square foot condo in Winthrop, Massachusetts?" Um, <laughs> But you go to my YouTube channel, you can watch my videos, and I actually rewatched those very recently to sort of see the evolution of that that piece of shit condo. I turned it into a pretty nice place, um, but that's where I sort of started with my whole minimalism journey, and I forget where I was going with it. Um, oh, I had to paint, and so mm. like I literally was wearing one of my my normal work shirts. These are $65, $70 nice work shirts, and I was wearing that to paint in. Um, and did I get it covered in paint? Absolutely. Um, was it a waste of a shirt? A little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's what I had. I didn't have a bunch of sort of scrap T-shirts that I could wear because uh, at that time, a lot of the Suffolk T-shirts that I had had from my undergraduate experience 
they just didn't fit. They, they, I was, I was too big for those. And so I didn't even want to be painting in them because I didn't feel comfortable. I couldn't move around in them. And so, yeah, you'll, you'll ultimately, you'll want to have, you know, a couple shirts for, you know, working out. Absolutely. Maybe if you have to paint something, if you have to, if you're, if you're going to go, I don't know, um, enter a mixed martial arts match, you're going to want to have, have a shirt that you don't mind getting, uh, ripped up in, um, but the, the 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 thing that I would just say, just be mindful of, is how many of those do you need? Mm-hmm. And um, but also something that people love to do with me is they like to make fun of me um, because I have two cars, um, yes. I have four bicycles, uh, and I have fourteen pairs of sunglasses. And wow. so none of those are, are really minimal levels of anything. Two um, of those were. I've since to I've me. gotten. Uh, what the bicycles and the sunglasses? Yes, I knew about your two cars. Yes. I saw I have two very dumb you, and practical cars. Did you find um, a place to park the Mustang? Uh, nope, I park them next to each other. So if ever a, a tree falls down and I live in the forest, I'll lose them both. Okay. <laughs> so my insurance company probably loves that. Seems like um, I could have brought the Mustang. Uh, my sibling bought a bought a, a seventy seven acres in Maine, so realistically, I could, buy a, I could buy a whole lot of Mustangs. Yeah. Um, but it's three hundred miles away, and so I don't want to have to drive for four or five hours to then fly back. I guess I don't know. Um, so I just I keep them both, and it's, uh, it's something I do on the weekends. I get both of the cars washed, I fill them with gas. It's it's a little event, it's a little thing to do. That's nice. um, but that said, if I had five cars with no real parking space. That would be silly. Mm -hmm. And so I get a tremendous amount of joy from these cars. Um, The the bicycles, I'm actually, I'm down to just two bicycles now. I've I've gotten rid of, that was my very first episode of this podcast was I got rid of a bicycle. I gave it to a student. Uh, There's a bicycle that I built. Uh, I traded in another bicycle that I built. And so when you have a lot of something, just try and practice that mindfulness. But ultimately, is having all of this clothing is it really, is it bothering you? Is it, is it affecting your day-to-day? Like if you had no drawer space in your entire apartment or if you had to continuously move and it was quite, you know, a voluminous amount of heavy clothes, then I would say, yes, maybe you should put a little bit more energy into or you should, we should light that fire. Um, the minimalist, there's these, this, these two guys that sort of espouse themselves as the minimalist. They have a, a rule that they like to call the spontaneous combustion rule. That was if, if everything was to just go up in flames, how much of it would you go out and replace? So if all your clothing were to go up in flames, you probably wouldn't go back to Amoeba Record Store in New York and buy a new Amoeba Record Store t-shirt. At least you might not do it tomorrow, but you might, you know, the next time you're in New York, you might go do it. Um, but it's, you know, you have to replace what you're wearing to work. You have to replace what you would wear in that, the, you know, the immediate amount of things you're doing for that week, that month, that year. Um, but you probably wouldn't replace the same amount that you have. And so that's that's another way to sort of frame the relationship that you have with with your collection of clothing is what what would I replace? What would I wear? And then uh, another thing that I find myself using is I walk around my apartment just constantly and I'll be trying to take inventory of things that I haven't used or I haven't worn. And I will then make an effort to that next day. Okay. I haven't worn that shirt in six months. I'm wearing it tomorrow. And then if when I'm wearing it, I don't like it or I don't love it, or I don't want to actively put that shirt back in the rotation 
right in the donate pile. I go to the I go to the uh, I go to Savers now because it's closer than Goodwill. But I go to Savers about once a month and I just donate whatever I'm not using. And so I'm going a little bit less frequently because I'm now running out of things to donate. Um, but what I found now is I I'm not cycling through. I I have enough clothing for two weeks about before I have to do laundry. Um, but also, who wants to do two weeks worth of laundry? Ugh. In one in one day, it's the most yeah. miserable task. I did one week's worth of laundry today, and um, it was awful. The worst part of my day. The two thumbs down. Would not recommend. But so so that's that's where I would I would invite you to start. Is look at what you haven't worn for a while. Start wearing it, and then ask yourself, Do I still want to wear this? Do I still want to keep it? Um, and then, what was the other one? Oh, ask yourself if it were to you know go up in flames tomorrow. Would I repurchase it? Would I buy it again? Um, but I'm ultimately, like, realistically, how much do you think, how much would you even want to get rid of? Do you even want to get rid of it? Or was this just a ploy to get on my podcast? Okay, so I was thinking about you, the way you phrased it, which was, is this weighing you down in your day-to-day? In my mm-hmm. day-to-day, no. However, the the two biggest things that, I guess bring me anxiety anxiety about how many clothes I have currently is when I open up my closet and everything's kind of like scrunched together. And then that's not really a productive way to go about looking at what to wear. Like you're just mm-hmm. looking at this big compressed row of clothes and not just like a smattering of shirts that you like. You're looking at this kind mm-hmm. of unit that's intimidating and doesn't really uh doesn't really give you that um that inspired feel that your your closet should really give you and then the second thing is that i get apprehensive about buying new pieces that do excite me and i know would add value to my closet and i would feel good wearing because i think that they might not get the real estate that they deserve or it might just add to that clump that I'm looking at mm-hmm. every morning. Um, so that is actually, that's the thing that I think is giving me the most weight is that I do enjoy clothes shopping. Like I, I care more about what I wear now than at any point in my life. Like in high school, I dress like shit in college. I pretty much dress like shit. Even at like through grad school, I was still kind of just starting to find like what clothes actually look good on me. Um, mm-hmm. But now I, I see clothes as much more of a an important tool for how you kind of go out and present yourself than than anywhere else. And that's not even just in like a professional setting. Like I I go through a bunch of different like most people resign themselves to like one or two different types of dress. Um Depending on my moods, like I like preppy clothes. I like, you know, uh, punk inspired clothes. I like athletic wear. Uh, it it kind of just depends on the mood that I'm in for the day. So, yeah, it's I like clothes. I really do like clothes. And it sucks mm-hmm. kind of feeling hindered by going out and expanding my profile by what's already here. So it doesn't, Absolutely. I'm not out like at the grocery store thinking about like what my closet looks like, but when mm-hmm. I'm at, you know, H&M and I see something that really fits my current style, I, I do have that thought in the back of my head, like, is this, you know, 
is this going to just add to the pile or is this is this going to be a worthwhile purchase? And I think that starts with getting rid of the back end more than yeah. holding off of those new purchases. So there's a couple ways you can go about it. I have a couple. And it's funny, literally with this one topic, we can touch on all of the sort of minimalism tips that I have and that I've collected throughout the years. Yeah. Funny, I collect so many minimalism things. Um, the first one is one that I've come up with very recently. And in fact, I've started doing it. Um, and it's the most topical thing ever. Um, but I'm quite pleased about it as I am about everything I do. Um, and I call it, drum roll pl- please, uh, the minimalism booster. Uh, right? How, how fucking perfect is that given the times that we live in? Mm-hmm. Um, it is because I've, I've already done uh, what the minimalists call a packing party. And quite literally, I've done that because I've had to move so much. Um, but I've packed everything into boxes, every, everything that I own. And I only unpack what I need or what I'm going to use. Everything else stays in the box. And then after a certain period of time, the box goes away. <laughs> you know, it gets donated, gets sold, gets put in the, the pile of boxes of things to sort of get rid of. Um, I've already done that. So, at this point now, I, I couldn't do it again. The minimal, the, the 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 packing party is is sort of a real, you know, vaccine. It's a real start to 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 the solution. Yeah. Um, what I've been doing recently is just every day, I'll just walk around, and I'll I'll really think about sort of my surroundings, what I'm using, what I'm not using, and I will just decide to get rid of one thing. Now, if I can't do it, if I can't think of that one thing, fine. I'm not. I'm not. It's it's sort of. It's a, an exercise in intentionality, but it's not like um, a punishment. If, if I can't do it, it's not like, a, oh, well, I don't get to eat that day. No, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, well, we'll think. Or, or honestly, well, then that's good. That means I have only what I need. I don't have extras. And so literally every day, I'll just pick a new thing out, put it in my box. I have a box of things that I'm selling. My eBay store is Three's Company um, LLC. So if you ever want to buy any, any of my bullshit, go to Three's Company on eBay. Um, but additionally, because um, what you're talking about, so you could start there. You could, I would challenge everyone listening. You can go into your closet and you can happily get rid of at least one thing yeah. today and yeah. probably one thing tomorrow. And so there's this thing called the, uh, the minimalism game, which is one day, day one, you get rid of one thing. Day two, you get rid of two things. Day three, three things. Day 30, you get rid of 30 things in one day. I also did that. I got to day 27. And so I got rid of over 400 things that very first day. And I'll put the picture on my Instagram. Wow. Um, it's, I think, justletgo.pod is my Instagram. Um, and uh, you, you can see the photo of me in front of everything that I got rid of in that one month. Um, but that might be difficult. You might not want to get rid of 30 things on the 30th of February, which doesn't exist. Um, but you could probably get rid of 28 things, you know, one thing a day, and it, and it won't feel like such a mental task for you to do that. The other thing is, and this one I think also might be really helpful for you, where you talk about being an H&M and seeing something that you really like, you really want, that you feel like represents Dan today, mm-hmm. Dan tomorrow, the Dan that you're trying to cultivate buy that thing. That's what you want to have. But when you get home, it's called the one in, one out rule. One shirt's coming in, one shirt's got to go out. I have done that So that's, you can... Which which does definitely help, yeah. Um, I do have one question for somebody who has done that 30-day challenge. Um, I know the ultimate point of minimalism is creating enough malleable space in your life to where you have that freedom to kind of just move around as you please. 
Yeah. Have you had days where it feels counterintuitive to be auditing your entire living space every day? Hmm. That sounds like it like day 15 sounds stressful. Like I Oh, it, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I'll I'll put those videos up. And so if you want to, you can you can Dan, you can rewatch my condo videos. Only you. But you can also watch I, I think I only ended up putting up to episode seventeen of day seventeen. And so yeah, when I got to day fifteen, literally it was right around day fifteen. It was difficult because then I had to pick out fifth things that I wanted to get rid of that day. And a lot of them I ended up putting on my eBay store and that became a full-time job, just putting stuff on my eBay and like mm-hmm. taking the photos and putting up the descriptions. But the benefit was at the end of that, I had, when I left the condo, I had 30 large plastic Tupperware containers, which held all my worldly possessions. I had nothing in, in a family's attic, nothing in a basement. Everything I owned was in those 30 boxes and that was still too much stuff. When I left that apartment now after the condo, I only had 25 boxes, but those boxes were things that I actually needed, actually used, actually wanted to keep and actually was willing to move with. Because uh, like even then after like the day before the move, I'm just throwing stuff out. I'm like, I don't need three keyboards. Why would I want three keyboards? Yeah. Who needs three keyboards, Dan? I don't know. But for some reason I had them. I had, I had a bad relationship with, with things. And these sort of these rules, these tools, these little games that I, I that I didn't come up with. I did come up with the minimalism booster. That's that's going to be trademarked. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other ones I've collected from other people who have you know sort of espoused minimalism. Uh, you know, Marie Kondo says if it doesn't bring you joy, right. get rid of it. Because if it doesn't bring you joy, the only other thing it could possibly bring you is sort of discontent. Because it's it's. The minimalists they love to talk about, you know, if you have two cars, you've got to you've got to change the oil in the thing and refuel the thing and insure the thing and do all the things. So, so yes, having two cars is silly, but I do love those two cars. I love yes. those cars so much. Now, three cars, that would be a problem. Even though I've thought about it, it would be a problem. Um, but so it's about really finding out what's right for you. If you have the space, if you have the mental capacity, if you're cool with what your sort of surroundings are and what you have, you don't have to get rid of anything if you don't want to. That said, um, if, if you find that maybe you're hoarding, and, the, and hoarding is like a, is a medical term, there are, there are certain things in the, the diagnostic yeah. manual like that, like, you, you know, you can't, you have to move something to open a door or you have to move something to, to use a sink. That's hoarding. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's... You need some help with that. But if, if you are fine, you just have a full closet and you're more or less okay with that because the possibility of wearing those clothes is something that you look forward to and something that you will eventually do, keep it. You don't have to let go of anything. But I would, I would start at least and say, if it doesn't fit, if I can't wear it, if I'm not comfortable, and if I don't want to have it, just get rid of one thing. Mm-hmm. Start tomorrow. You don't even have to start today. Start tomorrow. Pick one thing. Start your minimalism booster journey. Now, you can start the minimalism game if you want. I, I'll, ch- yeah. I'll, I'll play along with you. You'll probably win. because. <laughs> now, I, I want to go back to that quote that you, you cited about things bringing you joy for a second. Because mm-hmm. admittedly throughout my life, I've had a very tumultuous relationship with minimalism and minimalists. Because I find a lot of it to be vastly oversimplified. And I think that sure. quote that I've heard many, many times over the course of my life. I think mm-hmm. that quote is one of the main offenders because okay. drawing a hard line between this thing either brings me joy or it doesn't, I think is way, way too oversimplified. 
uh, one of the, I think, most popular examples of something that goes against that is something that is in your apartment that is practical and mm-hmm. helps you accomplish things, but doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. bring you joy. Like, let, let's use an example. Like, my blender in, in my kitchen. It, it, wait a second. Wait a second. Can your blender hear you? Because I don't want to offend it. <laughs> it. It's actually, there are no doors between me and my blender, unfortunately. Oh, no. Um, but I, I would say this to my blender's face. I have, no, I have no reservations about saying this about my blender. It doesn't bring mm-hmm. me joy, but sure. it allows me to, I, I make smoothies for breakfast in the morning, which I guess do make me happy. So I guess that does bring me joy at some, at some level. But sure. I, I don't know, my, my, my steak knives. They don't bring sure. me joy, but throwing them out tomorrow would be a problem. Absolutely. And so, yeah, the the, the Marie Kondo, the, the, if it doesn't bring you joy, throw it out. I don't personally love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of these minimalism things, they're over simple to sort of at least get you to start thinking about things like that. And what you're thinking about on, on your own is something that the minimalist is this guy, uh, Joshua Fields, Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus for two minimalists. They have an awful lot of first names. Um, <laughs> and they, um, they say that there are, there are three types of things in the world. There are essentials, those are things that you need to survive, you know, food, water, medicine, yep. the essentials. There are non-essentials. Those are things that bring value to your life, but you don't need them to survive. That would be Mr. Blender. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, your steak knives. That would be your glasses, depending on how good your eyes is without your glasses. Um, and then there's junk. And those are things that you don't need to survive. And that would be the t-shirts in your closet that you know you'll never wear again. Mm-hmm. That would be... I have two iPads. Do I need two iPads? Technically, yes, to record what I'm doing. You have seven but, iPads. But I could. But what t- seven iPads? Yeah. Um, but realistically, honestly, I could actually get rid of this iPad and just record it on my phone. And so, uh, technically, it's junk. So I guess. Do you want to buy an iPad? Do you want to buy an iPad Mini? <laughs> I mean, does does your iPad make your podcast easier to record and sound better? A little bit, because if it was on the phone, I'm, I'm literally I'm getting notifications all day long and so it would probably fuck up the recording. So yeah, so it, it's it's not essential, mm-hmm. but it does create, you know, a little bit of value for me. Mm-hmm. But so so that's sort of an evolution of the if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. You know, joy is an ethereal term. And I would say those smoothies probably do bring you joy. Yeah. I guess I kind of <laughs> did talk myself, probably don't. I did talk myself out of that one a little bit because I think I, I was taking joy at a little bit too much of face value. I think. And I wasn't mm-hmm. really chasing it down a little bit, especially like but I, the steak knives was a good option. Yeah. It was a good, a uh, good argument. Yeah. There. And I kind of, so, yeah, those, those are too. non-essentials. Like you, you were talking yourself out of your second iPad and I started chasing it down being like, does it make your podcast easier and better? Does having an easier, mm-hmm. better podcast make you feel better? I, I'm assuming. Yes. So like, right. It's, I guess obviously joy is a subjective thing, but I, I mm-hmm. think if you, just take it at a little bit off of face value. I think that could actually plug into a little bit, a few more situations than I gave it credit for, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And so the whole fact that we're even having this conversation is probably really good for you and it's good for anyone who might be listening because you're at least, the, the wheels are starting to turn. You're starting to think probably a little bit more critically about the contents of your closet, the fact that you may have to move with them in a year or two or whenever the lease is up and you want to move again. Mm-hmm. And usually that's the, the the quickest, that and a fire. Those are the two quickest motivators of yeah. like actually 
minimizing and, and being super intentional. But one thing that that people loved, because people love to call me a fake minimalist. They call me a maximalist. They love to. And I'm fine with that. I take no offense to it. You really could not hurt my feelings. Having two cars is one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Um, and you do it to yourself, the the day, too. Like, that's the level of, like, comfortable with it I think you're working with. You Like, I think the first thing you said on this podcast is I'm a minimalist with four bicycles, two cars, and 17 pairs of sunglasses. Only 14. I'll get up 14. to 17 eventually. Um, but it is um, – but if those things were to get in the way of my life, like if if like I really couldn't find a place to park the Mustang mm-hmm. – because I, I do have a place to park it. But like if I really had to park it on the street and or like there was a catastrophic engine failure and it would cost $10,000 to fix, I am willing to make that decision and say, nope, this is no longer adding value to my life. This is no longer, you know, this is holding me back from something. And then I am I am okay to just let it go. And so that was with, that was episode three, which is my friends um, also from Suffolk, um, who they got rid of 90% of their possessions and they moved to Amsterdam. They left America wow. uh, and they moved to a country that they've never been to um, and they've started new lives there. And so if you want to listen to that episode, that's episode three, I think it's Why Not Let Go. Um, it's from a, a travel blogger, the Why Not Walk travel blog. Um, but they, they did something that I couldn't do. Even now, I just I just have too much stuff, and I don't think I want to get to that level. I guess traveling for me is not really something I really want to do. But I am still it, it, the whole thing. It just boils down to minimalism is not a destination. The destination for you is not to have seven pairs of pants, seven shirts, mm-hmm. and then on laundry day you're naked. That is not that's not your destination. It's right. minimalism is a journey. It is just having those conversations with yourself. Gee, do I need this? Gee, do I want this? Does this add anything to me or can I just let this go? And that's, that's why I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Me too, man. And there have been some, I think, seemingly simple philosophies that I really thought I had gone over this in every way I could. And there are a couple that even kind of just flipped the switch in my brain, even from this conversation. Like one, mm-hmm. one that you said, and you said it so passively that I don't even know if you registered it, but it like fired my synapses immediately is, you know, do I feel like my best self when I wear this? Do I feel good when I wear this? And mm-hmm. even hearing that, it's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in my closet that is kind of just there to get me from one of those shirts to the other. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess there is no reason to have anything in your closet that doesn't make you feel good about yourself in one way or another, because clothes can be so powerful if you utilize them correctly. And I think, you know, doing otherwise is kind of just a waste of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I did, I, I know that, knew that when I was saying it, but that's only because it's something that, that I had to come to terms with on my own. And that when I was redoing my whole wardrobe, when I was... Mm-hmm. You know, I got rid of all the shirts that fit me at 370 pounds and now I'm 270 and I'm like, okay, those shirts don't look good anymore. And I could have continued wearing them. Yep. They still, they still technically fit, but, um, I literally, I looked like, like, um, like I was wearing like a zoot suit. Are you familiar with those? Like the, the gigantic suits that like the gangsters would wear in the twenties or whatever. I, and riot, I felt man. like a little, yeah, I yeah. felt like a little silly wearing them. And so I'm like. It's going to cost me a lot of money to go out and buy new shirts that fit. Um, but the benefit is I feel so much better 
wearing clothing that fits, wearing clothing that that sort of not getting snagged on a on a door, um, you know, handle or something, or you know, like I don't look frumpy in. I see I see all I see all these old photos of me, and I'm just like, ooh. But now I, I see new photos. I mean, I see myself in clothing that I really enjoy because I have always had a real bad relationship with clothing. I remember when I was 12, 13 years old shopping at the, the Husky section, which Kmart, Target, naming the, the, the larger size boys Husky. Like you might have thought that was cool or fun. Uh, that was that was the most damaging aspect of my childhood, I think. What year was um, this? This was five, this was five months ago. Um, no, this was a. Uh, I was like twelve, I think, or like because it was always uh, before school shopping, like you know those sales in August, oh, yeah. late August, mm-hmm. middle August, and I would go with my grandmother because um, she would be the one that would buy the clothes, and we'd go to Kmart, Target, wherever, and we would pick out you know our, our clothes for for the school year, and I hated having to be in the husky section. The clothes looked fine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that big when I was little, but but just the the othering of of calling it the husky section, like just give me a number. The other pants are size whatever, just give me give me a bigger bigger number. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, I I was really I hated clothing for so long, um, and then even more recently, you know, I had to go to Destination XL, the 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 big man store to buy to buy clothes that fit, mm-hmm. and I I'll never forget. Going back in um, July of last year, um, it was the last time I'll ever be in that store because their smallest size didn't fit me. It was too big for me. And it was, it was an emotional experience. I was like, oh, goodness. Because the guys there are so nice because you know, they understand the struggle because they, they, they are also bigger guys. Sure. And I'm still a bigger guy. But, but just that, that emotional catharsis of, okay, this was a part of my journey. Being in this store was a part of my journey. It yeah. got me over the hump. I am now in a place where I can shop where, where other, where, where not regular, but where, where smaller size bodies can shop and I don't have to go out and, and find that stuff. And so just being intentional and, and sort of enjoying the fact that I'm at a place now, I could gain some weight, I could change, but for right now, I'm going to enjoy the body that I'm in. I'm going to enjoy the, the, the frame that I have, and I'm going to only wear things that I'm comfortable with, only wear things that I feel good in, everything else, donating it tomorrow. And I, I literally, I just sold, as, as this podcast was recording, I sold the, the last shirt that I had from that shopping spree in, in July. Uh, I bought it for $120 because plus size clothing is expensive. You do not know this, Dan, but it is very expensive. Uh-huh. They charge you more. I call it the fat tax. Um, I bought it for $120. I sold it for 15 and I wore it three times. But you know what, though? I am so much happier now that, that someone else who, who otherwise would have to pay $120 to have the same shirt mm-hmm. can now wear that shirt and enjoy that shirt. And it'll probably look better on them than it looks on me. And so I'm happy to let that go. Um, yeah. And that feels good. It feels really good. And, and not to be weighed, weighed down by that and think, oh, well, I spent $120. I should keep that. But if I'm keeping that with the thought of I'm going to gain weight, I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a place where that shirt fits again. Yeah. If I get there, I'll pay that money. I'll pay that price because then that's, oops, I, I should probably lay off the, the Reese's. Thank you. Peanut butter cups. You're welcome. <laughs> I, had to, I had to really think about it because I'm like, I don't want to offend them again. Um, but yeah, so I would just say, just practice, practice that mindfulness, whatever that looks like for you. If it just starts with one shirt, if it just starts with the one in, the one out, the minimalism booster. Again, though, if, it, if it's not really bothering you, if, if you are comfortable with what you have, 
that's you, man. Mm-hmm. You be comfortable in you. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, it's not it's not bogging me down in a way that I think a lot of people who are really weighed down by their possessions, it, the way it affects them. But just like that inhibition from going out and forging my modern style a little bit more, I guess, is enough to, to take action in itself. So I think I, I might start with a couple of those small steps and then eventually if that if that leads to more and picking up momentum and really seeing things in a new light and following that do I feel like my best self when I'm wearing this motif, then that's one thing. But I, I think this this journey could go in a in a couple different directions, but I think my my goals are pretty attainable for now. So I, I think I'm not the I'm not one of the more afflicted by uh, possessions guests you've had, I'm sure. <laughs> and and most of the guests haven't been afflicted um, by their things, but but their relationship with minimalism has sort of helped them. And, and they didn't even, at the time, they didn't think of it like minimalism. They were just doing what was right for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my friends from Why Not Walk. They had an end. They had a, a thing that they had to get to, which was literally Amsterdam. And for them, that meant they had to get rid of a lot of things. Um, for for Jessica, um, she had to move to Utah. Um, yeah. But she got rid of, for her, it was it was career clutter. It was sort of all of these ties that were sort of, it was a safety net holding her in place. But but for her to live with her new, her new um, husband and her new life, she had to let go of a lot of those things. She had to just let go. And so... Um, they don't at the time they don't think of it like minimalism, but I like to at least that's the way this podcast has sort of evolved is just live and I said it in the last episode and I'll fucking say it again. Drake said it right. You only live once, as far as we know. That's right. the rest of the quote. It gets it got edited out. Um but so shame on you if you don't if you don't make it an intentional and and enjoyable one yeah. and so everything that's that's holding that back everything that's keeping you from from having it again to take Marie Kondo from having that joy anything that just really more if it gets in the way and so you're saying you know your closet's full you go to H&M you want to get that new shirt if something else is in the way you don't have enough hangers mm-hmm. you can get rid of one thing you can start that one step and then just everything that I do now is just trying to cultivate what I feel like is the best possible lifestyle for myself, because I know that for the last 30 years, it wasn't that it was, sure. it was, I was in a 400 square foot condo. I had boxes to the ceiling. I had stuff I didn't need. I was miserable. I was overweight. I was, I was so unhappy. I'm getting to a better place. I'm at, I'm a happier place now. And so any way that I can help you, any way that I can help any other friends, any way that I can help any listeners sort of just have that mental conversation with themselves of, okay, what can I do better? What can I, what can I just let go of? Mm-hmm. I invite them to come on any time of the day. Um, granted, you did reach out to me in, in December. <laughs> Something like that. And, and so but it took a did, little while. You did, when I first reached out, you did give me a solid timeline, which we did somewhat stick to. So I, I do Pretty give close. you credit I think we said that. end of January. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and... And and again, I, I appreciate you being vulnerable. Yeah. I appreciate you sort of thinking critically even before you reached out. You had to think critically, okay, well, what is holding me back? What 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 could I get rid of if I had to choose something? Mm-hmm. And I could probably get rid of a pair of sunglasses. I feel your pain in the 
uh, deceptively expensive accessory world as a watch guy. Mm. I feel like oh. th- they're in the same stratosphere, watches and sunglasses, where you can spend anywhere between $5 and $50,000. And finding oh, the yeah. style kind of falls in between. And it can be a, it can be a tricky world to navigate sometimes. I didn't realize you were a watch guy. I am. Yeah, I, I have been for a while. Um, not, nothing too crazy in my collection, but I, I always have been a watch guy. Interesting. Yeah. We can talk about that on the next episode that you come on. Oh, I love but that. Before I let you go, I want you to talk about your podcast because yeah. um, I, and it, I was I was now reminded because we, when we we started off and I guess I won't cut anything out. We were arguing about um, the pronunciation of Reese's Reese's uh, sauce gravy, all that stuff, and you said that your podcast. Um, you like that there's sort of an argumentative sort of aspect to it. But I got to tell you, I, now I haven't listened to all of it. Okay. I listened to the, the very first episode and I listened to the very last episode. Um, I didn't hear a whole lot of arguing. So, now, granted, I have subscribed. I gave you five stars and I'm going to keep listening because I really do like it. Thank you. Um, but tell me all about your podcast and tell me what episode do you guys really start going at it because I, I need to hear it. Sure. So my podcast, as I, I said in the beginning in my intro, uh, it's called Between Two Gardens. We are We've been doing it for about... 10 months at this point. So we've been going for a little while. It's an idea I've had for a little while. I do it with my friends from college, Tom Arduino. And the whole premise of the show that we had in the beginning was we want to have a sports debate show along the lines of first taker undisputed, which are on ESPN and Fox sports one very, very popular shows, but we want it to have the New York versus Boston angle. So I've been a Boston Mm -hmm. fan my entire life. Tom's been a New York fan his entire life. And we kind of just wanted that light, that spin put on a familiar concept that a lot of people really resonate with in the sports world. So mm-hmm. every week we talk about different topics from throughout the world of sports, usually things that pertain to our New Yorker Boston fandoms, but we do tackle a lot of the bigger stories as well, just from our different perspectives. And the thing is, we actually have gotten that a lot, that we might be, especially Tom, might be a little bit too agreeable we definitely yell at each other uh, a lot. Um, it it kind of depends on the topic. Some of the topics we kind of just happen to mostly agree on, so it's a little bit more s- civil. But mm-hmm. the topics I think that we most disagree on, we've had like a couple classic screaming matches on, on this show already. <laughs> One, oh, I got to hear that. Our, our favorite, my personal favorite that we've ever like fully screamed at each other about is whether or not Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Uh, which I don't know if you've ever tried to say anything negative about Eli Manning around a diehard Giants fan, but for a guy who has had a mostly mediocre career, those guys protect him like he personally delivered all of their children. Like, (laughs) Giants fans with Eli Manning are insane, and any slander will be like immediately like go directly for the throat. So I love giving Tom shit about Eli Manning. Um, we're uh, we we primarily talk about football, baseball, and hockey. Um, we we go into basketball a little bit, but neither of us are terribly big basketball guys. So we do big stories when they come along, but uh, it's mm. it's mostly just uh, fighting about our teams, which is something that we you know did in private for years, and then. You know, t- being two straight white guys, we thought, why not start a podcast? So that's absolutely hilarious because when you, when we the very first 
conversation we were having is was on FaceTime before we went on Zoom. Yep. You were talking about your microphone, and I wanted to, to talk about how, yes, as a, as a white man during the pandemic, I also decided I needed <laughs> to start the emergency pod snag system. And just buying this microphone, this was the microphone I bought all those, the, it was about two years ago. Um, I had, it was on back order for six months because of all the people starting a podcast yeah. during the panoramic. Yeah. And so I'm glad that yours has stuck it out. I'm glad that yours is in, and you do yours with, with a weekly frequency, which yes. is not easy. Um, it's uh, as I uh, update mine about once a month mm-hmm. on a good year. Um, I, I, and so you've, you've got a subscriber and me. I will put all of your, your socials in the show notes. Um, and I will go and I will follow you on Instagram as well. Correct. Yes. Thank you for all that. But if you happen to be listening and you happen to be a, a sports minded person, uh, our Instagram handle is at between two gardens pod two with the number two. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and on Spotify. Um, subscribers and five stars uh, reviews always help us out and we do a lot of fun stuff on instagram so we're, we're trying to grow that as well um so I'm looking forward to it yeah so uh, appreciate anybody who who gives us a chance on the heels of this one absolutely but yeah so at, at the end of the day you know dan i think you have all the the tools in your toolbox now to to have those those conversations with yourself to make that sort of mindfulness and and just tomorrow morning when you look in your closet you're getting ready Pick one thing out and just just give yourself that permission to just let go. Beautiful. Beautifully said.